You're listening to a Mornings with Kelly and Steve podcast. Be sure to check us out every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on Moody Radio. It is Moody Radio, Indiana. Mornings with Kelly and Steve. And, you know, I'm excited here, Kelly, for a good reason. Well, tell me. Well, you know, we, we want to keep our eyes where, Kelly? We want to keep our eyes on Christ. We want to be reading God's Word. That's why this says this. How can you keep your eyes on Jesus in a changing culture? Listen to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, Indiana. And why do you do that? Because Chris Martin of BibleToLife.com is with us to... Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Is that his walk-up music? No, yeah. That's ominous. He must be really serious <laughs> yeah. this morning. Bart Millard is his walk-up <laughs> music, yeah. <laughs> What's you, what would your walk-on song be, Chris? What would it be? That's that's a great that's a really great question. I'm a big baseball fan, so yeah. like I I think about walk up music a lot. Um, yeah. I When I've gone on other radio programs in the past, they've played Coldplay's Viva La Vida because <laughs> I, my name is Chris Martin and the lead singer of Coldplay's name is yeah. Chris Martin. Yeah. Uh, so Coldplay's Viva La Vida has historically been some radio walk up music for me. So I suppose that could be one option. Well, we'll have to get I that like on it. our. We'll have to. But get yeah, that, that, that first palette. that first the uh, what you just played sounded like I was the Undertaker coming out for a <laughs> WWE. E match or something like that. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm picturing you in the, the yeah, just kind of, in the hood. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're all set, man. Oh my goodness. That is great. Well, it's great to have you on because this is the first time this year that we get to dive into Bible to Life, but by uh, you know, Bible to Life.com. But you had just mentioned to me, uh, because you're down in uh, in the land where all the Christians live, Nashville. And, <laughs> oh, wow. and you guys got seven or so inches of snow. We're jealous. We've got none of that up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anyone who's heard me on here before knows I'm a, I'm a Northeast Indiana native. I'm a Fort Wayne native. And yeah. I, one of the things I miss most about living in the South is the occasional snowy winter. I know a lot of folks up where you guys are don't like the snow and hate the winter. And I get that. Look, I, I understand why people don't like winter. Um, but I, it's one of the things I miss the most down here. I miss you know, some 20 degree days and the occasional couple inches of snow. And uh, I was, you know, we were thrilled last week, Sunday into Monday. We got, yeah, six or seven inches of snow, varying amounts all around the Nashville area. And it was just a blast. School was canceled through Monday of this week. And our three-year-old got to uh, go sledding and and do snow angels for the first time. All these things (laughs) she's seen in movies or TV shows or whatever, she actually got to uh, experience legit snow uh and so yeah we only get a snow like that maybe once every five or six years so it was um we took it in we enjoyed it we're grateful to be able to get out of our neighborhoods now and we're grateful our our daughter gets to go back to school today so oh there you go back to school back to school oh get back to what's normal for you guys yeah yeah exactly we'll flip-flop the weather now we'll give you back what what's yours yeah it's yeah, exactly. It's, it's weird up here. We're going to be like near 60 in a day or two. So it's just, it's really strange. But yeah. anyway, hey, Chris, we are looking forward to uh, digging into what you've got for us today from BibleToLife.com. And one of the things I really love about um, some of the articles and things that you share with us is the way you curate material, because I'm, I'm, I'm looking at what you've got for us today, which we're going to jump into. The, the first thing we're going to talk about is three simple reasons the Trinity is important. And what I, I love about the way you put things together is when you pull some excerpts to share with us, 
I want all of you listening to know, uh, not only can you go to BibleToLife.com and read what Chris is talking about, but you can go even deeper because this particular resource is pulled from a book at Moody Publishers, which you'll find at MoodyBooks.org. And uh, you, you, you've got so much that you can pull from, and we want, really want to encourage you to go and take a look at what BibleToLife.com has to offer. Chris, thanks for doing this this morning. Talk about those three simple reasons why the Trinity is important. Yeah, this uh, this comes from Thabiti Anyabwile's book, The Gospel for Muslims, uh, which is just a tremendous book on um, on how to have conversations with Muslim friends or neighbors uh, about Jesus and how because a lot of folks you know they know about Islam and they know um, maybe some general facts about the Muslim faith, but they don't know maybe some more of the specifics about what Muslims think about Jesus, how our faiths are related and uh, similar and different. And and so his book just does a really great job of explaining for the Christian uh, the differences in our faith and how we can share the gospel with Muslim friends or neighbors. Um, and so here, one of, the, one of the biggest differences between the Christian faith and Islam is uh, the Trinity and the centrality of the triune God. Um, and so he answers the question, you know, why is the Trinity important with three simple reasons the Trinity is important. And very quickly, here's what uh, Thabiti Enyabwile says. He says, first, we're bound to accept, uh, sorry, he, first, it's important because it reveals, God reveals who he is through the Trinity. And he says, we're, we're bound to accept in humility how God reveals himself. So we can't, you know, it's, it might be easy to say, man, the Trinity can feel so complicated. Can't we just ignore the whole Trinity thing? Like we have God, the Father and Jesus and oh, yeah, the Holy Spirit. They feel like often that's how it's often, you know, how, how the conversation often goes. Like, yeah, God, the Father, of course, Jesus is the centrality of my faith. And oh, yeah, we have the Holy Spirit, who we sometimes think of as a sort of force from Star Wars or something like that. Um, and so I think it's important for us, like like the Beatty says, to uh humbly like kind of bound in humility come to accept how god reveals himself and if if the if the trinity is important to god and his revelation of himself it should be important to us secondly he talks about how the trinity is important uh for us turning away from idolatry he says to deny the trinity is to commit idolatry and he, this is where he says is one of the biggest differences between the christian faith and islam um it's important for us to accept that god is one in three um and not otherwise. Um, and, and he says, God is jealous for his name. He calls people to worship him in spirit and truth. And we need to surrender um, to who God is as a triune God, even if we maybe struggle to understand it, uh, or we have some sort of mental, you know, obstacle to come to believe it. Um, it's important for us to, as he says in the first point, kind of humbly come before God and accept him as Trinity. And then the, the last one, and this is perhaps the most striking one to me, is that the Trinity is important to the gospel. It's essential to the gospel. He says, God, the father is a required part of the Trinity and redemptive history because he needs to elect us and bring him to himself. There is no rescue without God, the father, the God, the son, obviously in Christ, the God man, Jesus offers the only sacrifice without blemish. That's able to purify us and satisfy the father. And finally, God, the Holy spirit preserves us to the day of our complete redemption. When we shall be ushered into the presence of God and be satisfied with seeing his face. So every member of the Trinity, of the triune God, is integral to the rescue and redemption of sinners. A lot of times I feel like we give all the focus to Christ on that, which, you know, that's understandable in some respect. But every, all three members of the Godhead play a central role 
in our redemption and in the good news of the gospel. Oh, such good truth. You know, uh, I want to encourage people, if you are interested in the book, The Gospel for Muslims, you're going to want to go and check that out, moodybooks.org. Now, you know, when you speak about the importance of the Trinity and our evangelical work, well, that means that we need to be out to do that evangelical work. And you've got another great article that speaks about how we use our feet. Drew Dick wrote a book called Just Show Up, How the Small Acts of Faithfulness Change Everything. And I love the article that you had churned out, because this is an important thing. We've got to remember that we... It's, it's the marathon, right? It's not a sprint. We just don't do something and then it's over. No, there's going to be many things to come in our walk with Christ, and we need to walk that out faithfully. Yeah, I love the title for this article on the site. It's called Find God's Will With Your Feet, and I think we pulled that straight from Drew's book, uh, which is one of my favorites. And I don't like to play favorites with our books at Moody Publishers, but it's one of my favorites that we've released in the last year or so, just because I think a lot of Christians, myself included, can get so caught up in doing amazing things for God, doing great things for God. Um, and a lot of times we just aren't, we aren't content uh, being uh, quiet and being um, consistent and faithful. Uh, we want to be important and famous, perhaps, or do something that really makes a splash. And a lot of times we just need to show show up. We get so caught up in in making a splash that we forget that really faithfulness is just showing up. And I think the message of his book just really communicates that. But in this article, the reason I love this one in particular is um, because I think a lot of us struggle. I remember this, especially as a young person um, when I was in high school and college, even I went to Taylor university just up the street from you guys. And I remember struggling so much with the idea of God's will for my life. Like, what does God want me to do? Like, I want to make sure, you know, after, I feel like after one comes to faith in Jesus, especially if they do it at a young age, the next big question is kind of like, okay, well, you know, I've got all this like pent up kinetic or like potential energy that I want to turn into kinetic energy for the kingdom, but I want to make sure I do it right. So like, certainly God's, God's going to be disappointed if I choose to do occupation A and I really should have chose occupation B or if I choose to marry person A, but I really should have married person B and I would just want to make sure I'm in God's will. How do I know? I don't know. There's this anxiety that comes with how do I know I'm in the will of God? How do I know I'm doing what God wants me to do? I think it's Martin Luther who's famous for saying, love God and do whatever you want or you know some version of that. And I think there's some truth to that to be sure. And what Drew really tells us in this passage from his book is exactly what the title says. We find God's will with our feet. He says this, I'm quoting him now. He said, I can't tell you exactly what God is up to, but I can tell you this. If you're seeking to honor him, that work, the work you do matters. God sees it even when no one else does. And he's using it in ways you probably don't fully understand right now. And I think that's a really important, he talks about the story of Moses and how Moses was kind of like kind of gifted, but he totally saw himself as not worthy of what God was calling him to do. And he was clearly wondering, what is God doing here? Why is he using me? And we may find ourselves in that state a lot of times, whether it's regarding an occupation, something going on at work, even relationally. I I feel this way sometimes as a relatively new parent. We have a almost four-year-old and a four-month-old. And sometimes I'm like, Lord, how do you expect me to be a good parent? I don't understand. I think a lot of parents have probably felt this at one point or another. How am I supposed to be a good parent? And I think what we do is we find God's faithfulness by just walking with our feet. We don't have to experience some revelatory 
mountaintop moment of, ah, now God has shown me exactly what he wants me to do or how I'm going to be the best parent I could possibly be. We just need to be faithful and show up and trust that in trying and, and working to please the Lord, he's going to honor that and he's going to meet us there and that that others will be blessed by that. Awesome. Yeah. So, so vitally important for us to understand that. We have a task to do. Yeah, we do. And yeah, we do. if we find God's will with our feet, Chris, then I, I really appreciate this next article, too. That means we can't afford to become content with our spiritual state. Talk about this next article. Contentment is the enemy of the Christian, Christian because we, we, we read about contentment in the Bible, and Paul talks about learning to be content, but there is a time when contentment is not what we are made for. Yeah, contentment is um, <clears throat> kind of a double-edged sword, I guess you could say. Contentment is um, healthy or unhealthy depending on the context. And A.W. Tozer, as ever, does a really great job um, kind of striking to the heart of the matter in this devotional from his Advent devotional, or it's not his Advent devotional, his Lenten devotional from the grave. And he talks about how contentment with the world, with earthly goods, is the mark of a saint, he writes, which that is the kind of contentment, you know, we often think of. It's good to be content. In fact, right now, not to share more about me, but like I'm, I'm wrestling with being content with where I'm at. Work is very busy. Parenting is, you know, at an inflection point. And I'm just trying to say, hey, I want to be content in the Lord and be grateful for how he's blessed me and where where I'm at. Finding contentment with our worldly circumstances is a good thing, as A.W. Tozer says in this devotional. But he says contentment with our spiritual state is a mark of inward blindness. He goes on to say one of the greatest fears of the Christian is religious complacency. The man who believes he has arrived will not go any farther. From his standpoint, it would be foolish to do so. The snare is to believe that we have arrived when we have not. And I think that's a really huge point that we really need to take to heart is contentment with the world, contentment with our circumstances, not always whining about how hard things are or how we wish things were better or whatever else is is admirable. Contentment with, the, with our worldly circumstances is admirable. However, contentment with our spiritual state may be a mark of complacency. Now, this doesn't mean we need to be continually ashamed. Scripture doesn't call us to that. We shouldn't be thinking, you know, we're the worst person in the world all the time. But we probably should be a little bit more aware of our brokenness and our sin than we often are. I think a lot of us think of ourselves as kings and queens or miniature gods, though we would never say it, more than we ought. And I think that's a little bit of what Tozer's striking at here is that um, contentment with the world and with our circumstances is good. Being okay with where we're at spiritually may be a mark of complacency. And all kinds of scripture makes clear that complacency is not good, revelation especially. Um, and I think it's important for us as believers to not be striving for acceptance. God accepts us in Christ and his finished work. We don't, we don't work hard as believers to be accepted. However, we pursue sanctification. We pursue becoming more like Jesus when we recognize that we are accepted because of Jesus. And so our our work, our striving to become holier, more like Jesus, is not in order to win God's favor, but because God has shown us his favor in Christ. And I think Tozer does a good job of reminding that, us of that in this uh, devotional from his, from his Lenten devotional. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, effectively, that 40-day journey uh, will reveal to us that, you know, just as you said, and along those lines, uh, 
we love because he first Mm -hmm. loved us. And it isn't by anything that we can possibly do. He makes the first move. And these are important truths. And you can find these books at moodybooks.org. I want to encourage people to really pursue that. And uh, we've got, while you're there, look at the forthcoming books, because I took a look at what our uh, upcoming new releases are going to be for this spring. And I'm really, really excited about some of the titles that are going to be forthcoming. Chris, tell us where people are going to go to learn more about Bible to Life. Yeah, they can head to BibleToLife.com. Um, we have new resources every day. I just looked, actually. We're at 951 resources on the site, so we'll be approaching 1,000 here in just the next month or so, always adding things almost every day. And if you would prefer to read articles in your inbox, we have a weekly newsletter that goes out on Friday mornings. And you can sign up for that there right on the homepage, and, um, and we'll just curate a few, three or four each week that you can read uh, at your own leisure. Love it, because you've also got some devotionals that are on uh, and published there on the site, as well as uh, verse collections. And so if you're looking for scripture that is maybe, um, perhaps, you know, you said parenting, is it an inflection point? You've got a three-year-old, and life just changed as well with the addition, and so you've got 12 Bible verses for new dads. Maybe you're the first time dad out there, or the first time mom, or maybe you're just struggling in selfishness. You know, there are some points in some Bible uh, verses there. You're going to find some inspiration in there. Uh, so no matter where you're at, go on, yeah. check things out over at BibleToLife.com. Yeah, and tell a friend about it, too. It's a great website, and I love the way it is laid out, Chris. It's so user-friendly, so easy to, to go through and find what you're looking for. BibleToLife.com. When well, you coming back, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you have me. <laughs> Well, we'll see you tomorrow morning, bright and early. There you go. Yep. Gas up the car. You can get out of your neighborhood now, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's right. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We very much appreciate it. God bless you, brother, and we'll look forward to connecting with you again. Of course. Yeah, talk to you guys soon. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life.